Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, which shares stories of spiritual awakenings, spiritual communication, healing energies, intuition, and ways to understand your energetic and human aspects. And today I welcome Dr. Julia Mossbridge, who, with her co-author, Teresa Chung, uh, wrote the Premonition Code, which addresses an unprecedented shift in scientific understanding and our understanding or reality and the underlying potential for psychic and precognitive abilities that are within all of us. Hello, Dr. Mossbridge, and thank you for joining us today. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Julia, as listeners of Healing from Within have come to expect over the years... My guests and I share intimate experiences and insights into the world of mind, body, and spirit as we seek to understand the creative forces of life which influence our subconscious and conscious view of reality and the world. Beyond time and space, there is the eternal life force of soul and spirit, and when we transcend the limitation to that thinking, we know ourselves as energy beings having a physical life. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Dr. Mossbridge will share with us what precognition is and the different types, and how to tell when premonition is a genuine precognition or just a coincidence. And Also, she will share an overview of the science of time, scientifically validated evidence for precognition, including uh, what is known and what is still a mystery, and offer tools to help you cultivate your own precognitive experiences. I always, Julia, love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a time, a place, an event, or dream that may have shown them or others the interest and work and lifestyle they would pursue in adulthood. So think back for a minute and see if you can relate to us. Yeah, when I was a kid, I um, I thought about time a lot um, because I would have precognitive dreams. I would have these dreams with the details of like mundane details of my life would that would occur the next day. Mm. And so it was very clear. I had a scientist. Um, one of my parents, my dad was a physicist and my mom was a social worker. So I had sort of professional parents and I could see that they were, they they did not know how to answer, answer questions about consciousness and time. Um, mm. And so I thought, well, here's a mystery, you know, and for whatever reason, my mind is uh, one that loves mysteries. So I've been very, I've been fascinated with time ever since. And, and then I've recently, in the last 10 years, started getting fascinated, probably because I have a child, started getting fascinated with unconditional love and, and thinking about how time and unconditional love interrelate. So that's a brief, brief little history. Oh, interesting. You know, when I began to do this work in earnest about 25 years ago, I was born as a very intuitive child also and had dreams and awarenesses. And I would finish people's questions. I would answer them before they even finished them. So, so <laughs> they said, oh, such a sensitive child. Maybe she'll outgrow this strangeness or whatever. And... Mm -hmm. um, and so I know what you're talking about, but when I seriously 25 years ago started to study intuitive healing and mediumship, taking my responsibility very seriously, 
about how to bring messages into the world in these challenging times, uh, I began to know that these words kept passing through me over and over, time and space. And I think that is a way for us to remember that there really is no time and space in a linear way, that we're everywhere, the past, the present, and future may be happening simultaneously. And that's why we can, as a medium, and you as an intuitive, can pick up a bit of the future and a bit of the past because they've already happened. <laughs> so I think yeah, that... Yeah, or they are happening. Or they're, 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 yeah. Yes, we can be in many different realities at the same... Our energy is so expansive that we can be in many... It's very interesting. So I wanted to share well, that with you. But let's go on to discuss... What is precognition, and how does premonition relate to it? Sure. Um, well, we, we titled the book The Premonition Code because premonition is a word that more people have heard of than precognition. A premonition comes from the, the, the roots pre, which is before, and monere, to warn. And originally it was um, always negative. So it was warning of a future event, a feeling. It was a feeling state of warning about a future event. Now people use premonition to mean a positive or negative thing. Some people might say, oh, I had a premonition. I'm going to win that raffle. Right. That would be a positive, right? Yeah, it doesn't have to be negative all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so um, precognition is the more scientific term, and fewer people have heard of it. But um, one, of, one of the types of precognition is a premonition, something that you feel in your waking state. Mm-hmm. But there are other types of precognition, like precognitive dreams, as we were discussing, and precognitive mm-hmm. compulsions where you don't know why, but you feel compelled to do something, and later you realize, you know, it saved your life or something. These are, these are common experiences that people have had for thousands of years, and they're under the, the rubric of uh, precognition. Yeah, like it's a sense of knowing and uh, physiological changes that portend future events, and uh, it's without our five senses necessarily. So it's that's what they talk about when they talk about a sixth sense. Uh, it is a scientific name for a group of abilities, and everybody has some level of this awareness, but very often uh, they're frightened by it for for whatever reasons. So as I've developed over the years these abilities to a finer level, I'm delighted by it because it, there is an amusing aspect to it as well. So, so for sure, it's yeah. very playful. Yeah, it's and very playful. Are, yeah, I would just like to correct something. A lot of people aren't aware of any of it, um, well, but it's un, it's completely unconscious. In other words, they have the ability, but it's completely unconscious. And then some people are actually aware of it. Sounds like you're aware of it. Oh, but um, I think there's oh. many people who are who are very skeptical about it, and they don't even know that physiologically this is going on for them. Right, it's going on, but they they, they don't want to tap they into it, or they're afraid, or they're whatever. You know, as a medium, oh. I, I'll give you an example. I receive information for people so that they can know themselves and understand the nature of our human and energetic life force. Uh, But for our listeners, sometimes information comes and it doesn't make sense at the moment, so we often dismiss it. Now, years ago, I, I was flying from Toronto to New York City, and it was a very clear day. 
and I could see the whole skyline, and a thought went through my head. If a plane goes into the city, it will cause a lot of damage. And I was so distressed by that thought. And, of course, a week later, the planes hit Twin Towers. Now, other psychics mm -hmm. and mediums picked up information about that, but they weren't able to completely understand it. And some events, as unfortunate as they are, have to happen because they're in the framework of our human development. So sometimes a premonition can be extremely helpful, and it, other times there's little that can change events. Now, at that time when that happened, it's got to be 21 years ago. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not 20, would you? 17 years ago, yeah. 17 years ago. I was just beginning this work and um, I never forgot the feeling and, and how it happened so how has precognitive events shaped your life or the lives of some of the case studies that you describe in the book I just described how it affected me yeah yeah, you know, a lot of people had powerful precognitions around 9-11. Uh, That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And there's always this question of research about those precognitions for 9-11 or any major public event, which is, is it that people are remembering these things more because there was a major event, or are they genuine precognitions, which is why I'm always trying to encourage people to write, write their precognitions or intuitions or insights down. Um, just so that you have a record of what you actually felt before um, an event occurs. That's really important. And it really also helps you helps you grow your relationship to your precognitive abilities. But in terms of my life, um, they've shaped my life tremendously. At one point, it saved me from a fire. Uh, a precognitive compulsion saved me from a fire. At another point, um, it found me, a precognitive dream found me a a place to, uh, when I was a single mom, I found me an apartment to live in with my son when I was really worried about finding a nice place for us to live. I lived there for three years. It was, it was wonderful. Also, I mean, my, my, my dreams and my precognitions shape every day, it seems to me. But I don't um, care about that so much. What I care about is that other people really understand that, like, I... I feel that my story with precognition is just an example, but everyone could have this experience, and I'm hoping that people understand that precognition is absolutely scientifically validated. I shouldn't say absolutely because nothing's absolute in science, but it's scientifically validated as a phenomenon. And the only question is, what is your relationship going to be with precognition? How are you going to use it in your life? And how are you going to hone it? Um, I end up getting... Um, getting bored of people coming and telling me their precognition stories because to me what's interesting is when you say yes yes I have this ability it's no longer weird or strange or creepy or unusual it's normal mm. and what can we do what I, can we do as a culture to really utilize that that's where I'm coming from yes and I like that you said it's normal it is totally within normal. us and it's a wonderful gift and children display uh, this gift and very often they're told by parents or teachers uh, big imagination just put that out of the way that's not relevant to their development and let's you know we want them to be uh, you know fit in with their friends and family and we don't want them to be strange but this is very important for me also what you just said yeah. it is normal and it's a great 
gift, the great spiritual gift, or the way our neurological system and brain works and the way energy works. It's all connected, actually. Now, in the book, you tell the story of Teresa, who was the co-author with you. And she yes. she tells of a, a premonition in a dream that saved her life. And she says the life of her unborn children. And uh, she writes uh, it was also the catalyst for her career as a spiritual writer. And I think my dreams and, and abilities also led me in the direction to use this to help people, simply, quite simply, to help people develop their own abilities and awareness that it is normal and it's, it's a wonderful gift. Now, she writes, in the dream, it appeared like a movie to her. She was wandering in a field of flowers and she felt the sun on her skin and she came to a point where there were two directions and she saw her cat, Crystal, who had passed and she really wanted to go down that path but heard her mother who was also in spirit calling her and telling her to take the right path and Mm -hmm. later that day she was on her way to a radio her first radio interview and she was running late and she tells that she was stuck behind the two massive trucks and going very slowly and they reached a junction and she had a choice a clear choice to make if she went to the right It was a longer way to the studio, and she might be late. But if she went to the left, it wasn't moving either. So she made a choice to go to the right, like her dream had suggested. And, of course, you could finish the story. (laughs) It's quite quite amazing what happened next. (laughs) Well, she was late for the interview in the radio station, but on her way back from the interview... She saw that the, those trucks that she had seen um, had gotten into an accident, and she would have been right behind them, and she thinks she could have been involved in the accident because a bunch of cars had been involved. And they died. So, the three cars behind yep, that truck, yep. they all died. She was behind that truck. She could have been one of them. So, yes, it's just an, an example of the many ways that precognition can really save us. You know, then there's waking, these precognitive compulsions where someone feels, you know, go into the baby's room right now, and you don't know why, mm. but you go into the baby's room, and you find that your baby's suffocating or something. Right. You know, these, these things are fairly common, and, um, you know, we say, oh, it's weird, but it's not weird. It's precognition. It's your future self reaching out. I mean, one way that I like to think about it is, your future self reaching out to you across time and saying, this is an important moment you need to pay attention. To alter and and change what doesn't have to be yet because it's not in your life plan or destiny. I kind of like to think of it as messages from spirit or guides or angels or um, holy vibrational beings or assistance in that future life <laughs> or you know, yeah, after you life. That way. I like to it's think pretty... of it that way, but whatever. Yeah, it a, is a force. As a scientist, I feel, right. As a scientist, I feel like the probably most logical thing is that the future and the past selves are in communication, but it's also possible that I'm wrong and I'm, I'm open to discarnate beings or other right. stories about what's going on. It's just really hard to test all I of it, think so. it's both, but my personally... It could be both. I think could it's be both. both. But, you know, I was able to do volunteer for hospice for eight years, and my sensitivities wow. or precognitive or empathic abilities were able to help patients be more comfortable about uh, the illness and the transition they were to make. So, and And this awareness... 
has helped me to conquer many of the fears of my earlier life. And that's what we're here to do. So knowledge in any way, shape, or form, and using this energetic way to communicate with ourselves from the past, the, pre, the future to the past to help ourselves is, again, a wonderful gift. Now, Julia, I, I usually have uh, lots of coincidences of synchronicity with my very talented guests. And as the author of Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection, I know there really are no coincidences, only connections to this eternal universal source of time and space and energy and intelligence. And uh, it's for the purpose of evolution and change. Uh, but I see you have endorsements from Dr. Eben Alexander, a uh, neurosurgeon and author of Proof of Heaven and Living in a Mindful Universe, and also Stephen Taylor, author of Spiritual Science, who have been guests on the show, and Deepak Chopra, oh, cool. and James Van Prague, a medium, mm-hmm. international medium, and I have uh, met them over the years. So I believe perhaps you have what seemed to be a coincidence with your co-author, Teresa Chung, who wrote the preface uh, to this, and also Lloyd Orabach, who wrote the preface to this book, The Premonition Code. So can you tell us something? of those seemingly coincidences, but really not coincidences. Um, um, well, uh, that you, what is the coincidence here? Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Is it that you know all of them, or what is the coincidence that we're talking about? <clears throat> well, I think you had a coincidence with your co-author, how you got involved with her and decided to write this book. Oh, well, I didn't decide to write this book. <laughs> she... She uh, had known me from another project, and she decided she wanted to write a book that had more scientific content in it than she had done in the past, and she liked me, and she knew I liked her. And so she contacted me and said, I already sent in a book proposal for a book called The Premonition Code to Watkins Media. Um, You're my co-author. How do you feel about that? (laughs) So you see, it was, we we could say it was meant to be. But it was, it was, yeah. No, but I see what you mean. Yeah. You, you see where I'm going with this. It, mm-hmm. it, there are no coincidences. You were supposed to write the book. You were supposed to collaborate yeah. on it. You liked well, each and other. Well, she knew it. Yeah, and she, she knew it, and she just did it. And they said yes, and I was like, okay, great. I'll she, just do this then. <laughs> I love it. She pursued it. She pursued it, and it had to happen, like most yeah. things have to happen. Now, in the foreword of the book by Dean Radden, he describes a very interesting process, a simple shift in worldview, uh, worldwide views that is compatible with an existing paradigm. It looks like horizontal slices within a pyramid. I found it very interesting. Could you tell us something about it and why it may help us to make sense of exceptional forms of consciousness, such as genius, savants, and psychic phenomena? Sure. Um, the idea is think of think of a, a human being as a pyramid, right? And at the top of the pyramid is just a little tip is what we what we can see about the person. So just their physical movements and their words, things they do in their life. And underneath that is all the things that we can't see. And at the lower levels are things that the person themselves isn't aware of, like they're unconscious. And the idea is that at the physical level, 
you have these rules about there's me and there's you and we're separate. Yes. Um, as you, as, yeah, as you go down the pyramid, those rules start to fall away to the point where what's inside, you know, when I think of thought, that's not a physical thing. So that doesn't have to follow physical rules. Mm-hmm. So it may or may not be separate from your thoughts, depending on what goes on underneath that level, which is at the unconscious level. And when you drill down enough, you get to a level that's shared between all the humans and all the conscious beings, which is the common ground, which is outside of space and time. And this is essentially the perennial philosophy, and that's what he's talking about, the idea that what's really fundamental is at that common ground level that's beyond space and time, and that is essentially what we call consciousness with a big C, or cosmic consciousness, or the universal yes. unconsciousness. And awareness. Yeah, yeah that you're... Mm-hmm. you're well, I've actually in deep meditation been there where I felt myself yeah. as an atom, an atom yeah. out of my body. And I said, well, it's me. I have my consciousness, my mind, <laughs> my awareness, but I'm in this space and I'm only an atom. And most people who are trying to delve into the mysteries of life, physical and spiritual life, have these experiences and it's yes. it's very it's very amazing now you say it's critical to hold on to two convictions first the future is not set in stone and second while you can likely affect it you may not have complete power to change it in the direction you want can you explain that and also the technical term retrocausality okay two different Ideas. So let's start with the first thing. Um, it's the reason it's important to recognize that um, the future is not set in stone is a psychological reason. Um, we don't actually understand, in terms of physics, how time works, and so it's possible that the future is set in stone. It's not likely, given quantum mechanics, but um, but also psychologically, people do better when they feel like they could have some kind of influence over what mm. happens in the future. So it's just psychologically a good way to go unless we have other information. And then the second one is the other pole of that. I'm trying to guard against this thing where people say, we create our own realities totally, and I tried for six months to get a jaguar and it didn't happen, and so I'm bad in some way. And uh, the point is that we partially create our own reality. I mean, so the evidence suggests that we have a small influence on what happens using our minds and our thoughts but not a big influence, and the rest of the world has a lot of influence. And so it's just a way of saying um, don't go all the way to the end where you think you have absolute control over the future either. Um, so it's not set in stone, and you don't have absolute control. It's like a way of saying the future is you're not God, and um, you're, also not, you're they, also not completely at the mercy. <laughs> yes, I like to think of it this way. Things can change because... With our consciousness, we have choices, and our choices can change certain possibilities. Uh, But some of it is written in stone. We come with, a, I believe, a life plan. People we're going to meet, experiences we might have, uh, things that our soul or energy has wished to develop or refine, perhaps, in this physical lifetime. But you're right. We need to know that we can make choices that can 
influence. While we don't have complete control of the events that happen to us, we do con- right. have control of our attitudes and our behaviors right. and our way of seeing yeah. life as either good or bad. And, and, and yes, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> You're a very positive, joyful person, <laughs> very uplifting. Mm. And that's the way uh, that we refine ourselves, going always from fear or negativity to a more joyful state. And that's what life is about. And that's what energy is about. It takes us through that. Uh, but I'd like to tell, for our listeners there, I'd like them to know something. Years ago, my, my Aunt Lily, who's now in spirit, when I was studying and I was becoming more aware of my intuitive gifts, my Aunt Lily told me, and now she was not from my side of the family. She married my uncle, Right. So she was from a mm-hmm. different biological family. She told me that two weeks before her father passed, she dreamed that it was happening, and she didn't mention it to her mother. Because like you, it started at a young age, and she was aware that many of the things she dreamed about did happen. So she didn't say anything, and he did pass in two weeks. And... I kind of hope she didn't feel she was in any way the cause of that event, for she was a teenager. And as a medium, I know we all have a time to come and go, as it is in our eternal life plan. And we were just talking about this. There can, of course, be changes, but generally not that much. So the thing for our listeners out there, for people who are becoming aware of their gifts or having these, never blame yourself or anyone else because things sometimes have to go the way they were meant to. And uh, I just wanted to bring that in because I wouldn't like people to feel, you know, that they were in any way, shape, or form responsible for what happened. Um, Oh, I agree. I think that's really important that you have a, you have a vote, but not a veto. Oh, okay. That's a great way to look at it. So, Julia, what do you want readers to take away with them after reading the Premonition Code? I mean, there's a lot to take away, but and what would you like? Well, I would like them to develop, uh, get get curious about developing a relationship with their future self, so that they can feel the love and pass on that love. Um, over time. Beautifully, beautifully said. I want to thank you. Beautifully said. Dr. Julia Mossbridge and your co-author, who's not with us today, Teresa Chung, authors of The Premonition Code, for sharing stories and new insights into an area of mind, body, and spirit that allows ourselves to begin to awaken to what lies dormant in each of us, the ability to know ourselves as energy beings capable of precognitive, psychic, metaphysical, and spiritual happenings that help us move past childhood fears and limitations to use our dreams and premonitions to improve the quality of life, to learn more to purchase this book, go to Amazon.com. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, it has been my great pleasure to share our many years of exploring the mysteries of time and space and spiritual awareness of the complexities of human and energetic life in order to garnish a greater way to advance this great potential we all share to be present, aware, 
and to utilize precognition, premonition, psychic gifts such as clairvoyance, telepathy, and psychokinesis to learn about more about the creative force of universal life and to use this knowledge to understand ourselves as spiritual beings having a physical life able to bridge the gap between life and universal energy. This awareness ultimately helps us to discover there is no death, only a transference or transition to new life beyond this physical life. Now, I love the way both authors offered what life might be like as a positive precog who learns to be unique in their approach to using dreams, premonitions, and any kind of psychic awareness to make life more positive. And they wrote, all positive precogs should strive to embody five reach principles. Number one, respect for the unknown. Two, ethics in our use of precognition. Three, accuracy of our precognitive skills. Four, compassion for ourselves and others. Five, honesty in all our dealings. Julia, Teresa, and I would have you know, you, you are very much more than what you appear to be, and the possibilities for expanding and changing outdated modes of thinking and old beliefs will be the stimulus to advancing the amazing ability to sense and feel life in ways that have seemed to be only for the extraordinary but are indeed for all of us. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers to Healing and Infinite Love, and invite you to my website, CherylGlick.com, to listen to and read about scientists, spiritualists, energy and medical practitioners, psychologists, educators, and people of all walks of life who seek to know answers to age-old questions and can offer you valuable insights and solutions to improving life through awareness and higher self-consciousness. Shows may be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.